Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations. Because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Let us hear a reading from the book of Genesis, second chapter, verses four to seven. On the day the Lord God made earth and sky, before any wild plants appeared on the earth and before any field crops grew. Because the Lord God hadn't yet sent rain on the earth, and there was still no human being to farm the fertile land, though a stream rose from the earth and watered all of the fertile land, the Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breath into his nostrils. The human came to life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Amen. At this time, we want to welcome... Darren Sims, Jr. You know when you walk into a new space and you're met with love, like that's genuinely how you know that people love you. Um, And it's good to be in the body, amen? Um, Could y'all pray with me? Um, Oh, most high God, we come to you right now, Lord, just saying thank you for this day, for this moment. God, I pray that you yourself would get glory. God, that you would be edified in every possible way. God, that you would preach with me, preach to me, preach for me, but be with us ever present, God. God, we thank you for every body and soul in this space, and we pray, God, that you would be with the body and souls that we will encounter throughout this week and this month and this year. God, we love you and we adore you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, 2020, how's y'all's going so far? Pretty good, so-so. I'm going to be honest, for me, this has been the longest January of my life. Um, Atlanta doesn't know if it wants to be hot or cold. As you can tell, I am sick. I have been on my deathbed. (laughs) So if I start gagging uncontrollably, just know I'm okay. I'm just recovering. My wife has been giving me tea and other herbs to eat and drink, so I am standing on one leg, but standing nonetheless. For our text today, I wanted to go back a little bit. I find myself, as I find many of us, on the cusp of a new year, so I wanted to go back to our origin. And so naturally, that led me to Genesis. As Darcy mentioned earlier, two, well, there's more than one creation account. And so I wanted to place emphasis on the second one for today. And so verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground 
and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Today I want to offer short reflection on what does it mean to be boundless? What does it mean to be boundless? Now, if anybody truly knows me, you know that I have one official love language, movies. <laughs> I love movies. I'm a movie fanatic, right? I grew up watching classics like The Godfather, Scarface, Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, The Titanic, so many more. And I saw most of these movies probably legally before I should have. But this was something that me and my mother did. And see, every Friday night, we would sojourn down to our local Blockbuster when that was still a thing. We would grab some pizza, and we would go home, and we would have movie night. That was before Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus, before all of that. And what we did during these times is we would watch these movies, and actually, we would talk about God. And there's this whole type of theology that that says that we can actually create theology from movies that we see. And so the first movie I vividly remember getting a theological perspective on was a classic that I'm positive you know of called Forrest Gump. Anybody seen it? Okay, so I'm just going to give you the Cliff Notes version because I could go into detail. So it's basically about a white guy who can run really fast and is responsible for several major events in history. But there's this one iconic scene at the very beginning of Forrest Gump. Forrest is running from some bullies. And for context, he has a disability that we're unsure of at the time, but his legs are in braces. And so as he begins to run, or tries to run, he's having a hard time. The braces that have his legs locked only allow him to kind of wobble or kind of slow step. But as he continues to run slowly, the braces begin to burst. And not only then is he able to run at full capacity, he's able to outrun the people that are chasing him. I think about this scene often. In fact, I thought of this very scene when my sister Darcy told me about the idea of boundless possibilities with God. I begin to think about what does it mean to be boundless? How does God allow us to be boundless? And how does society prevent us from being boundless? See, I think many of us are just like Forrest in the movie. Sometimes we're under a system that tries to limit our freedom, that tries to limit the way that we move throughout society. And just like Forrest, until we push the limits of where we are, we'll never know our true capabilities. See, sometimes God has to put us in a position to trust that the braces that are holding us will fall off once we get started. And in fact, just like Kid Forrest, I think that kids get the concept of being boundless far greater than us adults do. As a kid, I often imagined trying to understand what God looked like. Was God some old white guy that I saw painted on churches? Or was God brown-skinned with locks that dropped down her back and rolled over the earth? I thought about these ideas of boundlessness 
at an early age like most of us do, but as society has a way of doing, tried to shut that down. Even for parents, we probably still see this in our kids today. My son who wakes up sometimes and is a dinosaur, and sometimes he's a lion. And so kids often understand that they see themselves not as the world sees them. And I think that that's important for us to realize as we stand on the priscus of a new year. I think that the writer of Genesis is also struggling with this idea of boundlessness. We see in our text, Genesis, a story that all of you are aware of, just like Forrest Gump, I'm positive. God has just finished creating the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all of living creation. And it's in this moment that we see a very beautiful and intimate moment with God, something that has enchanted me ever since I've read it. God, in all of God's glory, does something that's very unique. God bends down and grabs some dirt, mud, sand, or Play-Doh, depending on your context. And God begins to play operation with the first human. God begins to construct the first heartbeat of man, of you and me. And I had to stop here because it, it wasn't until I read this that I realized that God picked up something that me and you walk over every day and formed us. God picked up dirt, sand, mud, the thing that we take for granted, but also the thing on which all of creation is built to make us. And it was here that I found that being boundless isn't about being detached from society. Being boundless in God means being closer to society. You see, dirt, mud is connected to every part of life. Every plant has to be planted in the dirt. The plants that grow from the dirt are eaten by you and me and the animals of the earth. The sea, even at its lowest depth, is still connected to the dirt. So we at all times are connected to one another. Being boundless in God means that we're always connected with each other. Y'all can say amen too. I promise. If y'all say amen, I promise I won't be up here too long. But it's what I realize here that in God's moment of creating his, his masterpiece, that God didn't do it from up high. God did it from down low. And so how many times do you and I get low to get close to one another? I think that God could have used anything to make man. He could have used clouds, trees, another animal. But God decided to use dirt. Why? And so we know the rest of the story. God names the guy Adam and the woman Eve, and you know, Adam and Eve were the top dogs of creation. They're in the Garden of Eden, they're you know, living rent-free, they are free from the oppressive system of clothes. <laughs> and we see this theme all over the Bible of being free. But I think Genesis really shows an intent way that God demonstrates freedom and the question of being boundless. And so I begin to ask these three questions, and I want you to keep these in the back of your mind today. 
How does God want us to be boundless in our bodies, in our minds, and in our relationships? How does God want us to be bound want us to be boundless in our body, in our minds, and in our relationships? I used to teach language. So I always the first thing I have to do before I study anything is understand the vocabulary. Boundless, another way of thinking of it, thinking of it as unlimited, unrestricted, unbounded, absolute. And so when I understood these words, I put myself in the middle of how am I being bound? Think about the society that we live in today. The truth is, cousins, that we don't live in a society that wants us to be unbound. Even on its lowest level, we instill order and structure in children from a very early age. And this was something that was common to me as a teacher. The way we tested children to determine their intelligence or gave them Rubik's cubes to determine their brain pattern or even used these tests to determine their ability to be productive members of society. There's even data to support the incarceration of young black males based on reading scores or the suspension of young brown women to show their productivity in society. The fact is our society today does not encourage boundlessness. In fact, we live in a nation that has the most incarcerated people in the world. We live in a state where we have the most people under incarcerated supervision in the forms of ankle monitoring, transitional housing, parole, and even after the fact that when someone's released from prison, there's still 46,000 things that they cannot do. Honestly, we don't want people to be unbound. We don't want people to be free. And in fact, in restricting people's freedom, we limit their confidence. You see, the more confident you are, the more able, you're able to see yourself regardless of current structures. But we live in a society that only permits the confidence of the elite. The Harvard grads, and no shade if you went to Harvard, no shade. But the fact that if you went to Harvard, that your opportunities are greater than someone who went to Georgia State or someone who's going to community college. I want you guys to think about being boundless and having confidence. Because for some of us, being boundless is a revolutionary act. Having confidence is, is a matter of life and death. Having confidence to resist your anger when you're pulled over by the police. Having confidence to trust your, yourself in spite of your circumstances. I think about this often. But I'm not telling you what I've known, but I'm telling you what I failed at. See, as a teacher, I struggled with this often. Navigating the line for my students and wanting them to be the best version of themselves, but also having to operate in a system that needs quick measurables. I want to tell you a quick story about a student I had. Now, I've changed the name, but the story remains the same. So I had a student named Michael. Michael was brilliant, but unfocused. Um, he liked to jump on desks and climb under them um, and throw pencils at other students when I wasn't looking. 
Some of y'all look like y'all did the same things, <laughs> which is fine. And so in trying to figure out how do I get through to Michael, how do I navigate this and trying and making mistakes and whatnot, but one day I just opted for plain old control. You see, Michael had gotten on my last nerves and I snapped and I watched, as I snapped, I watched the confidence from Michael leave. And I thought that I, and I hoped and prayed that I didn't do permanent damage to this brown boy's confidence who looked just like me. And see, I think my lesson here was understanding that we all fall, fall guilty of wanting to limit each other's freedom. Because we're all under a system that does it to us on a daily basis. But it was during this moment when I looked through this text that I found out that this wasn't how it was supposed to be. This wasn't the original intent that God created for us. And I believe that this is the job of the church to rectify. So Park Ave, we got a job, we got work to do. The job to have moral imagination, right? To live bold, inclusive, and creative, right? That's the position that we have to have, to, to, to be able to say, to have the moral imagination, to see what does it look like to give people their most confident version of themselves. We see this in creation. Adam and Eve were boundless with their bodies. They were boundless with their minds and with their relationship with one another and creation. And it's only when they lose sight of that that they lost power. The message here is simple, friends. That your liberation and your freedom is bound up in nothing but God. And when you lose that, when you lose that, then you lose your boundlessness. It's not bound up in your socioeconomic status, your degrees, your titles, but God. The same God who looked and made each of us with his hands is the same God that removed our current bounds from society. The same God that, that works high but also grabs us from down low is the same God that will remove you from your current situation. Now, I'm not telling you what I don't know, and I'm going to go back to my old Baptist roots for this one. But the, there's a song that says, I tried and I know. Y'all, I know that God is a remover of chains. God is a liberator. God is a freedom fighter, and God is an overround G. So I'm telling you that if you need God, all you have to do is grab some dirt. There's a there's a quote that I'll, I'll, I'll kind of leave you with that says, none of us are free until all of us are free. Y'all heard that, right? What God is teaching us in this text is that just like God stooped down low and grabbed life, we are called to do the same. There are people in your life that you see every day, that you walk over, that are waiting on you to grab them. There are brothers and sisters not too far away, right under I-85, that are waiting for us. The word is easy and simple this morning, friends. Be boundless in your body. Be boundless in your mind. And be boundless in your relationships. 
so that you can help somebody else just like God helped you. God bless you, Park Avenue. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm -hmm.